Network. Remember when the news was pure fact? You do? Well, I have bad news for you. It wasn't. Never was. But the difference between what you remember and what you're seeing now is that the purveyors of the news now don't care that you see their bias. Well, we're biased too. We have a hard, relentless leaning toward the truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And your anchor today and every day is Dan Newman. I don't know. I always thought that uh, back in the good old days when the 6 o'clock news came on, that we could rely on those guys, Huntley, Brinkley. You remember them? We only had three network news stations growing up, CBS, NBC, and ABC News. And I trusted all of them. Frank Reynolds, you remember him? Oh, my gosh, so many. It was because we had no alternatives. That was it. Our local news, it was local. And then we had those three networks and a couple of national papers, which I never saw. We lived in South Louisiana. We didn't even really know where New York was or Washington, D.C. or Los Angeles or Chicago. We knew they were far, far away. We just relied on what we were told. That's not the case today. It's sad, but it's true. We don't know who to believe, so we question everything we see, everything we hear. And what we're finding out now, that that's a really good thing, that we're doing that. Because we're finding out we've been lied to. News media is not an honest perspective of the news things that are happening. There are still people out there that just believe everything they hear and see. Oh, if CNN says it, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBF, they say it. Sunday morning news shows, oh my gosh. Those are the most credible news shows there are. Uh Uh-uh. Get your own news. Determine what are facts and what are not. And then build on the ones that you know, you know yourself, are factual. Oh my gosh. What is that? (laughs) Some peaceful, peaceful music. So why don't we start the day together? We have a lot. Yes, Hunter Biden basically getting off with not even a slap on the wrist. He's getting off. And then, of course, we still have a horror show down at our southern border. We're going to weigh in on all those things right now. Committee in the House of Representatives, Judiciary Committee, is dealing with John Durham. I watched a little bit before we got going this morning. Of course, Democrats are still trying to convict Donald Trump for Russia collusion. (laughs) All the way back to 2016. Hey, it's going to be a good day. Little George Britt Benson, get you going. Breeze.
people when they go, some of the things they left with us, the impacts they made on our lives, you can replace them with somebody else that does the same thing. George Benson, not so much. He was just a, he, that was a typical George Benson song, Breezing. Ah, James Posey piped up. Uh, James Posey, a fellow musician. He's a George Benson fan, too. We don't play much of his stuff here, and uh, there's really no reason why we don't, because it really soothes your thought processes when you have that kind of stuff going on. Well, don't get used to it. We're not going to have an easygoing, let's just get along with each other today on the show. Oh, my gosh. Just when you think it's safe to come out of the water, there's another Bidenism that happens to us. And of course, I'm talking about Biden the Younger, Hunter Biden, and what happened yesterday. Tucker Carlson is going to weigh on that in just a little bit, but we're going to start the show today with kind of an unusual person to have on the show to bring this story and break it open for you, Kaylee McEnany former White House press secretary under former President Trump. She did just that about the Hunter Biden debacle that many of us anticipated was going to happen the way it did. And oh my gosh, Hunter gets off. Surprise, surprise. Today we learned Hunter Biden, well, he got a sweetheart deal from his dad's Department of Justice. Who would have guessed that? Hunter, he'll plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors, but he cut a deal on the felony gun charge. And I find that interesting. Hunter's dad, he talks a lot about enforcing gun laws. And it's time we establish universal background checks that require safe storage for firearms. We also established a zero tolerance policy for rogue gun dealers who willfully violate the law. Now, instead of a slap on the wrist, their license is revoked. You have a lot of gun dealers who are engaged in shady actions. Well, guess what? It used to be they'd get, they'd get a fine. Now they lose their license to sell. Shady interactions? Sounds like Hunter Biden. Well, if Joe wants to enforce gun laws and safe gun storage, start with your son. Hunter, he allowed Haley Biden, his sister-in-law, who he was intimate with, to throw one of his handguns into a trash can across the street from a high school. Sounds safe. Hunter, he wasn't charged with the crime. Instead, the Secret Service, they covered it up for him. And according to a DOJ press release, quote, on or about October 12th, 2018, through October 23rd, 2018, Hunter Biden possessed a firearm despite knowing he was an unlawful user of and addicted to a controlled substance. Well, that's a felony. If convicted, that means Hunter should be what's called a prohibited person, prohibited from buying a firearm. But Hunter, he got what's called a pretrial diversion agreement. As Bloomberg Law notes, this could lead to the weapons offense being dropped if he complies with certain conditions for a period of time. Wow. Do you think a 20-year-old kid in Chicago gets a deal like this? Nope. Guess what he gets? He gets a felony. But Hunter, he walks. A former DOJ official told me earlier today, I would never allow a pretrial diversion agreement for a crack user, maybe marijuana, but not crack or cocaine or heroin. But Hunter, well, he's special. He's a Biden. How can you claim the moral high ground on guns when you have a habitual crack addict buying and possessing a weapon? You can't, Joe. 
President Joe Biden, he has no moral high ground. He was busy tipping the scales of justice. I'm confident. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. And Hunter knew it. There's a current Department of Justice investigation into your finances. Yep. What is it about? Can you say anything more? I can't, but I can say this. Is I'm cooperating um, completely. And I am absolutely certain, 100% certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. You're 100% certain I'm 100% certain of it. And all I can do is cooperate and, and trust in the process. And apparently, former President Trump, he knew too. I called this one too. And I said that Hunter will probably be charged with some minor offense like jaywalking <laughs> so that the FBI and the DOJ can pretend that they're fair. Oh, we got Hunter. So while they're going after me under the Espionage Act, that's like the creation of missiles in your basement. They got him for nothing. <laughs> and now the liberal media hyenas, they are trying to use the Hunter Sweetheart deal to shut down the Biden investigation altogether. Now we are seeing Hunter Biden take responsibility and plead guilty. Certainly this is an element, a day of closure for the president's family. Historic in and of itself, though it may not satisfy some critics of the president and his son who've been looking for perhaps more blood here. Trump Republicans have been trying to stir up conspiracy theories left and right. One after another have been disproven. They don't like the facts. They love conspiracy theories. Well, this is another one that didn't play out for them. It will now point to, uh, to Hunter Biden as being somebody with a criminal record. And they will uh, insist that the Biden Justice Department gave him simply a slap on, a ri on the wrist. This is not some sweetheart deal, but this is pretty standard. Those nasty Republicans just looking for blood. So while the media, they are running cover for the Bidens, the White House, they work to portray Hunter as a victim today. In a statement, the White House said this, the president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. We will have no further comment. So Hunter Biden is just a guy trying to rebuild his life. That's the message that the president declared a few hours ago now that he's proud of his son. I'm very proud of my son. And Hunter's lawyers, they even declared, Hunter deserves your empathy. There are people who've treated him very poorly. Um, and I know, you know, Hunter struggled in a lot of ways. And I wish people, you know, I understand that he's the son of the President of the United States, but um, all of us have family members that have struggled with addiction and other issues. And I know it's hard to have empathy for that, but a lot of people showed no empathy. Um, but that's not a legal issue. That's just kind of, you wish the world be different. Now, take a look at these photos from his laptop. Is this someone you feel sorry for? I don't. This is a guy who flew around the world making money off his dad's influence and power. Do you want to know who I feel empathy for? I feel empathy for the thousands of average Americans without fancy lawyers. They don't have well-connected families, but they incur the full wrath of the American criminal justice system. Now, who might those people that incur the full wrath of the justice system? Well, they're not nameless, 
They're not faceless. They're real. A guy named Kodak Black. Do you ever hear anything about Kodak Black? Well, if you're in the hip-hop world, if you're a fan, you know him. He's a hip-hop artist. He was charged with the exact same federal weapons crime as was Hunter. And, of course, Kodak went to his daddy and said, Daddy, you got to take care of this. And Kodak's daddy said, don't worry about it, son. We'll get it taken care of. We'll get it so that you can plead down, never spend a day in jail, right? Wrong. Kodak Black was sentenced to over three years in prison. And yesterday, he slammed the prison-free plea deal that the DOJ gave to Hunter Biden. There's no such thing as getting out of jail on a gun charge, on any kind of a gun charge. That's Bradford Cohen, criminal defense attorney for Black. Now, Cohen commented in an Instagram post yesterday reacting to the news. Here's what he said. Two tiers of justice? Question mark. Kodak was charged for the same crime. Got over three years. First offense. Mr. Biden will not serve a day. Feels right? Question mark. Do FBI agents and federal authorities take cases personally? Question mark. This happened. This happened back in 2019. Then, 22-year-old Black was sentenced to more than three years in federal prison after pleading guilty to weapons charges. He admitted that he falsified information on federal forms. Oh my gosh, just like Hunter did. And Black bought four firearms from a Miami-area gun shop on two different occasions. Black got pardoned, had his 46-month sentence commuted in 2021 by then-President Donald Trump. So Cohen, Black's lawyer, said the DOJ's plea deal with the younger Biden is out of step with the prosecutor's typical treatment of federal crimes, especially when they involve public figures and especially when there are guns involved. I've never seen anyone where this offense was charged, Cohen said, and they didn't get some sort of prison. And in fact, most of the time in federal courts, you very rarely see people get anything without having a prison sentence. Cohen noted the case involving actress Felicity Huffman, who was charged and sentenced to two weeks in jail as part of a college admission scandal. Remember that when she paid to boost her daughter's admission into college? So in this Felicity Huffman case, to give the woman two weeks in jail, you know that you actually have to surrender yourself going for two weeks, change your clothes for literally 14 days. And this guy gets absolutely nothing. I've just never seen it happen. And this is an attorney, a criminal attorney, and he works in this world every day. He said, and this is deep, 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 A federal crime is supposed to be a federal crime. And federal crimes are supposed to be very serious federal crimes. And that's why you look at prison sentences. Cohen also bashed the inclusion of this diversion program. Now, what is this? This is what Hunter got. 
It's a form of pretrial sentencing that's aimed at remedying the behavior that led to the offense, something that he said was extremely rare in federal cases. I think this is like they figured the easiest way for them to save face was to charge him, not give him prison, and then hope that Joe Biden doesn't give him a pardon until he's on his way out in two years. Yeah, maybe they're pretty sure. Daddy Joe is not going to run and win the presidency for a second term. So they get a couple of years of probation out of that. (laughs) Oh, but there's more. Tucker Carlson weighed in. You know Tucker was going to come out when this big thing happened. Did you know that Tucker is the co-founder of Daily Caller? Most people don't know that. Daily Caller is a really good daily news outlet for you to follow. Anyway, Tucker weighed in yesterday on Hunter's sweetheart deal. Biden agreed to plead guilty to charges of illegally purchasing a gun. At least he admitted that he illegally purchased a gun. But nobody's talking about on his application. He lied. He committed a felony when he said he had no drug history, illegal drug history. He was eaten up with it. Donald Trump had an idea of all people. They'll hit Hunter with something small to make their strike on me look fair. That's Donald Trump talking about what he's facing. Trump wrote about that about two weeks ago, Tucker said. And it turned out those were exactly true words. Hunter pled guilty to pretty much nothing. Biden pled to two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. Now, he didn't file his income taxes or pay his income taxes in two consecutive years. Nobody gave us the number on how much money he made and how much he did not pay in taxes. But in those two years, we know Hunter made more than a million dollars each of those two years, and he didn't pay taxes. Nobody's talking about that. They're only concentrating on that gun charge. Oh, my gosh, a gun. The most evilest thing on the planet, right? Tucker continued, as far as Mayor Garland's Justice Department is concerned, Hunter Biden is done. There was no pre-dawn raid carried live simultaneously on CNN. There was no perp walk, no handcuffs, no press conference. Above all, there was no felony. Hunter Biden, who broke federal gun laws, can still carry a gun. It's like it all never happened, he said. Carlson said the first son will never be charged for possessing and abandoning a laptop containing details about all of his business dealings with the oil companies in Ukraine and China. The laptop was long discredited. We know that. Oh, there's nothing to do with Russia. It is all to do with Russia is what they told us. And then when the facts came out, it was nothing to do with Russia. Nothing will ever happen with that. Nothing's going to come out with that. Carlson then pointed out Hunter's plea deal signals how the people in charge will never face penalties for committing a crime. In the meantime, though, the question is, what can we learn from Hunter's plea deal? First, the obvious, 
For the children of the people in charge, there are no penalties. There are only upsides and plenty of those. They're princelings, these kids. They can do what they want. You, you're not. Therefore, you can't do what you want. So don't get any ideas about things like cheating on your taxes or violating federal gun laws unless you want to celebrate Father's Day next year through the glass of the visitor's room. The rules definitely apply to you, including rules you don't even know yet exist. Carlson himself is right now in a legal battle with Fox News. The network has accused him of breaching a contract by posting Tucker on Twitter. The network is reportedly demanding Carlson not work until the $20 million contract expires his employment contract with Fox in January of 2025. In fact, they're so PO'd about it, and if you don't know what PO stands for, I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Fox News sent Carlson a cease and desist letter on the 12th of this month. They're trying to stop him from continuing this Tucker on Twitter series. So Carlson's legal team defended his First Amendment right to openly express his opinions on social media and then accused Fox News of breaching their contract. Tucker previously told those close to him he's ready to unleash attacks on Fox News in order to get free from that contract, and I wish him well. And I'm a Fox guy. I like Fox News, mostly fair and balanced. But what they did to Tucker, I just can't reconcile it. And they're paying the price. Their ad revenue in those nighttime showtimes is gone through the floor. They're going to pay the price for it. And it's it's going to be in money, if not in credibility. So former attorney Bill Barr, attorney general former Bill Barr, He weighed in on this plea deal yesterday, and he says Hunter's plea ups the ante on the Department of Justice to release some documents, those documents we've heard about that allege the Biden bribery scheme. There is a Biden bribery scheme, and Bill Barr said it's time they release all this stuff. It's even more critical now that the DOJ release a document that alleges criminal bribery involving President Biden after a plea deal that Tucker got yesterday, excuse me, Hunter got yesterday. The DOJ announced that Hunter is going to plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges and he didn't pay federal income taxes, but they didn't tell us in the plea deal if he's going to pay those back taxes. I wonder if he will, or maybe Daddy Joe will, the big guy. Barr said the DOJ, especially now, should cooperate with House Republicans. Thereafter, that FBI release of FD 1023, providing necessary steps are taken to protect the life and safety of the confidential human source in the document. That's the excuse the FBI is using to not turn it over, even though they've been subpoenaed to do so. Barr yesterday told Fox News Digital that special counsel Jack Smith's unprecedented indictment of former President Trump for his mishandling of classified documents 
understandably sparked ire over a double standard. You think? Barr said, I think A.G. Garland should move quickly with concrete steps to address this. The people need to be assured that the two pending investigations about the Bidens, the one about the mishandling of classified material and the broader one up in Delaware, are being pursued with the same rigor as is the case against Donald Trump. And we all know that's simply not the case. What have you heard about the Mar-a-Lago docugate? We hear stuff every day about it. Now, granted, there are quite a few classified documents involved in the Mar-a-Lago investigation, but folks, Joe Biden, who was never president, he should be prosecuted under the misuse of classified documents, not the president's use of classified documents. Two completely separate things. Any president can personally declassify any document. No vice president has authority to classify anything. Joe Biden, while he was a senator, a bunch of the documents, the classified documents that have came up that are Joe's, they came from when he was still in the Senate. He had no right to bring or move any classified documents when he left the Senate. Little different for President Trump. He was president, and he maintained from the beginning of this that all the documents he had in his possession at Mar-a-Lago, he declassified. Well, he didn't go through the process. There is no legal process where it lays out step by step of how a president has to declassify any document. In other words, historically, if a president says, I declassified it, that is declassification legally for any president to do. But then there's Joe. 1,850 boxes, almost 2,000 boxes of classified documents scattered across four different locations, none of which had been registered with the National Archives, none of should have been taken anywhere by then-Senator Joe Biden and then-Vice President Joe Biden. Of course, we're hearing all about that on the news every day, that investigation, right? Jack Smith, he's out there going, he's going for the juggler. He's going to hold everybody accountable. Nope. I would be willing to bet there is no real investigation going about the 1,850 boxes of classified material that are or were in the possession of Joe Biden illegally, in violation of federal law. Every one of the documents in every one of those 1,850 boxes are there illegally. But then who gives a rip? The Bidens, the Clintons, they're, they're all above the law. Two, three, four different levels of justice for those families. And we can throw a bunch of other family names out there like the Obamas. Same thing. 
never held accountable for anything, but <laughs> Donald Trump, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's incredible. But it's still happening. But then it shouldn't surprise us about Joe Biden. After all, he thumbs his nose at any federal law with which he disagrees. And in most cases, he doesn't disagree about any federal law as it pertains to someone else. But if your last name is Biden, forget about it. Oh my gosh, we're above that law. We can't be prosecuted. I'm the president of the United States. I can't be prosecuted. And every day, I break hundreds, hundreds of times. I personally break federal immigration laws. Nobody's going to do anything to me. Oh, but if my last name was Trump, they would have impeached me three or four times already. But it's not Trump. It's Biden. They wouldn't dare come after me even though every illegal immigrant that comes into our country because Joe Biden refuses to enforce the immigration law, that is set that says anyone doing so is violating a crime, a federal crime, a federal statute they're violating, which is a crime. And secondly, anybody that makes it possible or encourages it or opens the door for any illegal to come into the United States is also guilty of committing a federal crime. So we, should, we shouldn't expect anybody with the last name Biden to be held accountable for any of their wrongdoing. So we just need to sit down and shut up. Right? But then... Oh, it gets even better. Mainstream media starts weighing in on it. You heard Kaylee McEnany from Fox News. She just basically went just right for the juggler and the hypocrisy of this Hunter Biden treatment. But then you have the apologist like CNN host Dana Bash. Here's what she said yesterday. There's no evidence that two tiers of justice exist. And this is after the deal that Hunter got with the DOJ. Those who feel the need to or the desire to defend Donald Trump are making the same arguments that they're making against Hunter Biden, which is allegations that the DOJ is, that there are two tiers of justice, and there means that's one for the Democrats, the other for Republicans. We can't say this enough at CNN. There is no evidence to prove it at all. If you believe there's no two-tiered Justice Department, raise your hand right now. I just looked. We have thousands of people listening. I don't see any hands going up. Bash wasn't through. She said we need to also point out that U.S. Attorney up in Delaware is appointed by Donald Trump, intentionally kept by Joe Biden to try to take away the appearance of any political influence by the Biden White House. But that doesn't stop the politics of this, particularly when you're talking about a conservative media ecosystem through which many of these Republicans on Capitol Hill are talking about and getting statements from 
right out in the middle of the ecosystem. This is Dana Bash talking. I don't understand what the ecosystem and what she's talking about is. It's about fundraising, and it's about raw meat to their base. Like Democrats, they don't ever they don't ever pontificate about anything that happens to a Republican. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Hillary weighed in, and as always, Hillary weighs in, and then of course she got asked about Trump's last indictment and pending indictments that are still out there. We're told that it will be dropped on Donald Trump as his. We head towards 2024. And the election, that's the way it goes. We're going to get into that, and you're going to hear from the laugher. The worst laugh in my history. I can't remember a laugh, or let's just say the cackle, like Hillary Clinton. It just goes to your spine every time you hear it. She's up next at TNN Live. Have you heard about Blank Slate yet? It's the best board game. In fact, Blank Slate has quickly become the new favorite with Everybody around here. It's very simple. Unlike other games, no one gets embarrassed. Blank Slate is all about having fun, right? That's what we want. It's perfect for when you get the fam together or play with friends online because it's a game that everyone can get into. And if you need proof, just check out any of the hundreds of five-star reviews. It's basically selling out. So get Blank Slate now at Target, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy games. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. (gasps) You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policy subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Can I get in the McDonald's? Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, can uh, I get a... Uh, 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 go, Bubba, go! Uh, uh, pick me! No, pick me! Hey, can I get a... Uh, Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... So, Miss Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, sir, there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, mm-hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. <laughs> Certainly, my skills are well-suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, thanks. A job interview and a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there with Southwest Airlines. Fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd. It was nice meeting you, sir. Yes, we'll get back to you soon. Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call 1-800-IFLY-SWA. A couple of things I want to mention to you. First of all, Many of you that are regulars, you know that we have the ability here when we're live, we can look and see a whole list, not of people's names, but their their IP addresses or the addresses of the phones. 
I guess I'm thinking iPads, uh, computers, that you're listening to the show live on. And we can see what geographic location there is. We've added about 100 listeners in the Boston Mass area over the past few weeks. And I want to say hello to all you people up there and tell you we are glad that you joined us. And anytime you want to weigh in and give us a chat call, feel free to do so toll-free. That goes for anybody listening. Toll-free, 1-866-37-TRUTH. 1-866-378-7884. And that also goes for our newest listeners that have become regulars. That's from Kona, the big island in Hawaii. And I'm jealous. <laughs> what a great way to drink a cup of coffee in the morning in Kona. Yeah, it's kind of early there. But sitting out on the porch and looking at the waves crashing on the beach, I can't think of a better way. But we thank everybody, all of you, for listening. Feel free to call anytime. We don't mention that enough. Toll free, 1-866-37-TRUTH. That's 1-866-378-7884. And so, I told you, I promised you, you were going to heal here Hillary cackling again, Tyrus on Fox. He weighs in about um, also Corinne Jean-Pierre. So you get a potpourri here. But the first one and the most important one is the cackler, Hillary Clinton. Critics are pointing to this ridiculousness. Hillary Clinton cackling with glee over former President Donald Trump's second indictment. Many calling it ironic given her 2016 email scandal. Here's her reaction. I have a lot of reactions uh, to it. Uh, and I think uh, the best reaction publicly is, you know, let's see it unfold and see okay. what happens, right? Well, I think that's a perfect answer. So we, we, have, a we have a shirt for you. And says, just in case you want, it says totally impartial potential juror. <laughs> hilarious. Here's some Twitter ratio on her. Next time you interview crooked Hillary, ask her where are the 30,000 emails she destroyed. Another said, this is the same traitor who used bleep bit and hammers to evade investigators of her illegal email server. And laughing because he never learned how she escaped indictments. Tyrus, Fox News contributor, is here. It's not just ironic. It's not just rich. It's actually pretty sad. It's what happened to decorum? Gone, what, what happened sadly. to to being the so-called leader in the room? He's being indicted. Great. But let's not forget, you lost your election because of your, quote, crookedness. So let's not forget that. So, yeah, she didn't go. She didn't get charges put on her, which probably should have. But she lost the election because of her underhand dealings. So let's remember that. And for her to be so happy about it. This, that was an opportunity for her. They're always talking about closing the division. That would have been an opportunity for her to be gracious mm. and be supposedly the leader. But again, she just can't stay away from herself. Maturity all, all, doesn't always come with age. No, it really doesn't. And it's, it's, it's sad in this, currently with the given climate where everybody's after each other's throat, here's a chance for a leader That's to show a little bit of, of, of class necessary. You don't have to like President Trump. You could think he was guilty of sin or innocent of sin. But when you're put in that position, there was an opportunity for her to show what, it's, what leaders are supposed to do. But this is probably why we didn't elect her. 
A testy exchange here over trans athletes and women's sports during yesterday's White House press briefing. You've got to see it. Their daughter may have to compete against a male, a, a, a person born male, and, they, and there could be a directly and physically athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety. So look, uh, I, what you're alluding to is basically saying that transgender kids are dangerous it sounds like that's what you're saying well you're saying you're you're saying that their safety is at is in, is is at risk the reporter clearly did not say trans kids are dangerous a poll out this week shows nearly 70% of american adults say trans athletes should only be able to compete against those of the same biological gender that's up from 62% two years ago. So people have never really felt soft on this issue. They've always felt like trans athletes versus trans athletes, women versus men. Yeah, yeah. Or women versus women, men versus men. But this is the problem whenever you try to have, uh, he asks a very specific question about a very specific group. Trans biological men who transitioned to be women to go compete in women's sports. Very select, small group. But every time you try to have a, an intellectual conversation with an advocate, it's always the answer is a group. He didn't say to all transgendered children or, 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 or transgender people are dangerous. dangerous at all. He said, is it fair? It's not fair. It, it's complete. It, we used to have to step on eggshells on this, but because the other side won't even have a reasonable conversation, there's no more eggshells on this. There is no place for a biological man in women's sports of any kind anywhere. We saw it with the volleyball. We saw it with UFC fighting. We see it in swimming. We just saw a bike race where, where a transgendered woman won by four minutes. Four minutes. Yeah. Well, That's laughable. Biological male. So, I mean, you're but, an athlete. You know. I... But I'm not surprised. This is typical with her. We can never get a decent answer or straight answer or anything that comes from any well, form of, of object thinking. She just looked in her thing and looked for, what do I say if they say this? And of course, he, and I'm sure now he's now a phobic. Oh, you mean he'll he's get transphobic? Labeled, he'll yeah, get he's, he'll be you attacked know, it, for asking a real question. It almost looked like she was looking through this through a different set of prisms, through through some sort of a victim type of thing to look at the word safety and migrate all the way to you're saying that that trans kids are dangerous. The safety is the issue that this administration is about to mess with Title IX. So those young women are not safe from the administration that wants to change the game on them. I don't know how she migrated all the way to dangerous, but it wasn't hard for her to reask or, or ask him to reask the question as. We do that all the time. Right. It just sounded like an agenda. Well, you're 1,000% right. Tyrus, he's a man of few words, but when he speaks, you always listen. You know, this transgender thing, it's really gotten out of hand. What nobody's talking about is there a real, realistic fix for trans people in athletic competition? And there is. There is an easy fix. And I'm not being facetious. The NCAA, they need to weigh in on this as they do on every political issue. They create rules that are pointed at specific people in athletics in college all the time. They could weigh in on this and fix it like that. What could that possibly be? Create within Every competition, if you're going to have high school, college athletes competing against each other, which you will, create a class of competition 
for only trans athletes. They'll be competing only against other trans athletes. Now, what's the downside to that? I don't see there's a problem of any kind there. Nobody can say somebody has got something up on any other athlete in a race or any kind of competition because they're all trans athletes. Now, what's wrong with that? I'd like to hear your thoughts. If you don't want to call, that's fine. Send me a text or email. Uh, just send me an email. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. There's a very famous athlete that weighed in on this yesterday, somebody that I have a lot of respect for, Ben Watson, long time, very successful tight end in the NFL. Yesterday, he weighed in on what just happened in Texas, where Texas passed a trans athlete bill. Here's Ben Watson, and he's talking to an announcer about this Texas thing that happened yesterday. Well, uh, it's kind of weird that we've come to this point, I think, after seeing what happened with women swimming over the last couple of years. I think that's why we're having this larger conversation. Look, from a human dignity perspective, I believe that every athlete should be able to compete. Yep. Uh, that's what it's about. But you can't lay aside biological differences that are there, and they also have ramifications when it comes to competitive advantage. And so this is Texas. This is Governor Abbott trying to make a hard line in the sand. But I, I think the bigger question here is how do we – how do we protect women? How do we allow those who consider themselves to be transgender to compete? Does it come to a situation where we have different leagues? I don't know. But in order to protect women and to have competitive advantage, uh, we have to do this. Uh, unfortunately, we're having this conversation. That's Ben Watson, his thoughts, his opinion. The, the law, the legislation we're talking about yesterday in Texas was in Texas, trans athletes must compete against people of their same biological origin. That'll stop some of this stuff. He said something in there that nobody wants to talk about, protecting women in athletic competitions. Now, why would that be even mentioned? You know why it was mentioned. There's definitely possibility for women to be hurt in athletic competition when they're competing against biological males. I don't care who you are. If you are legitimate, you will, you'll have to agree there are significant biological advantages in almost every competition, sporting event, biological advantage for biological men over women. And that could lead and probably has in some cases, and we just don't know about it, it could lead to women, biological women, being hurt. This all goes back to the same old thing. We're having the same arguments now that we had when homosexuality was mainstreamed. And when I say mainstreamed, it came out of the closet, the conversations about homosexuality came out of the closet. It's always been there. Just nobody wants to talk about it publicly because you know, oh, you know, we can't talk about that. Even when that happened and people began to have conversations 
about gay people. There was always this little thing hanging over their heads just because they were, quote-unquote, different from mainstream. We're at the same spot in this trans-athlete conversation. It boils down to this. We are all equal under the law. Well, at least most of us are. Well, no, some of us are. If your name, your last name is Biden or Obama or Clinton, you've got a leg up on the rest of us. You know what I'm talking about. We're all equal under the law, but there is no constitutional guarantee that we are all equal in every way. So much so that if we're not equal, somebody's got to step in and make it equal. That's where we're headed, and we are so close to being there. What's the big problem with that, Dan? It has to do with this. Somebody has got to be anointed to be the entity or the person that decides what's equal and what isn't. That's kind of like what happened yesterday. (laughs) Equal justice under the law. We just gave you one example of this non criminalization of what Hunter did in the gun lying on the application, a federal application to be able to buy a gun. You can't make it equal as long as somebody's got their thumb on the scale. And if you're a very plugged in leftist in American politics, you can very easily get somebody to put their thumb on the scale to weigh it in your favor. Kind of like Daddy Doe, Joe did for his little baby boy, Hunter Biden. We're going to have to watch and see what happens going forward because Hunter, his dad, his uncle, I mean, even cousins, they're all in the bullseye of the Biden family syndicate corruption that is being revealed more Every day, it's real, and it involves millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. Isn't it going to be something if all this comes to light and everything's out there, all the evidence, you and I can see it, and nothing happens? Nobody in the Biden clan pays a price? I honestly think we could be close to some type of mutiny if that happens because it's going to be realized at that point that there has been for a long time a two-tier justice system in the United States of America and those of us who believe in the first and the second and all of the amendments and all the other articles of the U.S. Constitution are sanctum. I mean, they're sacred. Nobody can touch them. They live in a vacuum. We believe that. More and more, every day we find out it probably isn't so. And that's sad. Alvin Bragg, you know the name. He's that prosecutor up in Manhattan. He's gone after Donald Trump. And he's still going after Donald Trump. Well, Alvin Bragg's in a bit of a tizzy himself and he's facing a couple of lawsuits 
got that information, the details, plus a whole lot more right after this. So it's this beautiful summer day, and while most guys would say, let's go to the beach, Donnie says, Hey, let's go to Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. They're having a warehouse sale. I say, are you serious? He says, your place needs furniture. And at the sale, you can get beautiful stuff and save 50, 60, even 80%. So we go to the Pilgrim Warehouse Sale. I buy a sofa, a love seat, and this really cute dinette set. But the big thing is, we pick it out together, Donnie and me. Maybe this relationship is going somewhere. The Warehouse Sale at Pilgrim Furniture in Mattress City. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten ten. Planet Fitness, through the use of motivating montage music, has made it easy to join. Just remember ten ten ten. For ten days, sign up for ten dollars and pay just ten bucks a month after that. Hurry, you only have until November 10th to take advantage of this Planet Fitness offer. Planet Fitness on 42nd Street next to Shopco. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They toasted six-month-old aged cheddar right onto the shell of a chalupa. That's genius, no delicious, no both, and now comes in a box with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink? Whoa. Oh, sorry, this is this is my stop. Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation, which vary. Tax extra drinks excludes freezes. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. You know who Alvin Bragg is, that New York Manhattan district attorney. He's um, George Soros's plant in that particular position. Soros funded Bragg heavily, heavily, more than $100,000 in his campaign for that position. I know he's pretty sad right now, Alvin Bragg is, because his daddy, George Soros, and that's just a figurative term, daddy. They're not related in any way, but Soros has gone to the couch and he's put his son in charge of all of his political pandering that he does around the world. And I'm not sure George's son, who lives out in Long Island, brags in Manhattan. I'm not so sure the Soros the Younger has the same affinity for Alvin Bragg as his dad does. But anyway, Bragg is facing a couple of lawsuits today. What for? He refused to comply with state, New York State, Freedom of Information's law and request for information regarding his office's possible communications with the Department of Justice. And we're talking about state and federal, the U.S. Justice Department, over the prosecution of Donald Trump. You'll remember a Manhattan grand jury voted earlier this year to indict Trump over his alleged role in a payment to porn star Stormy Daniels back in 2016, making him the first former president to ever face criminal charges. The Heritage Foundation, that's a conservative think tank, they filed a lawsuit against Bragg that alleges he and his team retained pro bono assistance 
from well-known law firms that have expertise in white-collar litigation. And the second lawsuit by the Heritage Foundation alleges Bragg and his team had communications with the DOJ, with the White House, and with Democrat lawmakers about the Trump indictment. Regrettably, these questions have not been met with answers. That's what the lawsuit states. These reports have raised concerns in a bunch of circles based in large part upon that long-standing history of President Trump's political opponents coordinating their activities. They all want to systematically weaponize the whole criminal justice system against Donald Trump and thereby pervert the course of justice. That's also from one of the lawsuits. The director of Heritage's Oversight Project, a guy named Mike Howell, said there's a reason to believe Bragg was coordinating and communicating with Trump's political opponents. The fact that we have, we've got to file a lawsuit against Bragg, who says he can't produce these records, says he doesn't have the system to do it, is proof positive of another dual standard of justice at play in the country. Somebody else thinks and is being treated that way because there is a two-tiered justice system in our nation. And you need to start understanding that because it's only going to get worse before it gets better if it ever does. And the only way it'll ever get better is if we the people step in and make sure that it gets better. How do we do that? Typically and primarily with our votes. We can go out. We can carry signs. We can make phone calls. We can send emails. Whatever we need to do to get this ship USA turned around, we got to do it, folks, and we got to do it quickly. Now, what's Uncle Joe doing besides working on getting his son off from felony charges? Not just felony charges, (laughs) but federal charges. It was announced a little bit ago, about 20 minutes ago, that Joe is going to spend about a billion dollars. Oh, we've got to take care of everything. So he's going to take another billion dollars of taxpayer money to upgrade more than 100 federal buildings. Going to put green technology in them, like heat pumps and solar panels. And so where's this money coming from? Well, it's coming from the Inflation Reduction Act. That makes it all go smoother, you know. So the GSA, that's the General Services Administration, they manage all of our government properties. They're planning to make 100 federal facilities all electric, 28 net zero emissions on a budget of $975 million. The GSA, they hope, that this will attract roughly another $925 million in private sector investment, and that'll bring the total funding to about $1.9 billion, all part of an effort to revamp 40 million square feet of federal property, which is about 20% of all buildings that are managed by the GSA. Experts there said GSA is really trying to lead by example in these new kinds of buildings. That's Jetta Wong, who's a senior climate advisor at the GSA, 
If we can do it in the federal government, the private sector can do it too. Doesn't that make your heart warm to think about it? Oh my gosh. They're really good at doing one thing in the Biden administration, if nothing else, spending money and spending a lot of money. And it's not their money, it's our money. So why don't we move on to the other side of the political ledger for a while? The Donald Trump side, the MAGA Republican side. It's hard for people on the left to believe that Donald Trump even has any friends in the entertainment business. They forget that he came to the political system out of the entertainment business with his blockbuster TV show. You remember that? You're fired. Remember that show? Well, a guy named Forgiato Blow. I don't know that I want to have that name. I really, it's a rapper, so I don't, I don't think that's his real name. Nevertheless, Forgiato Blow has just released Trump Saved the USA. It's an official MAGA Trump 2024 song. The mayor of MAGAville recently put out hashtag boycott target which quickly racked up millions of views on Twitter alone. Now he's putting his American pride on display with the official 2024 Trump rally anthem. And social media, (laughs) you're hearing some really mixed responses. Replying to Forgiato Blue 47 and Chuck Colesto, love this, it's awesome. Replying, what a cool song, you rock. Another one, God will use President Trump to save the USA. Vinyl Lionel, a rip off of Bruce Springsteen. So unoriginal, humorless, inane, and you can't dance to it. A perfect song for DJT. Of course, that's Donald J. Trump. Thanks for posting this. Bruce's lawyers will be in touch with this knockoff version this guy did and violated Springsteen's songwriting rights. The only thing that is stolen here is the music. Ryan tweeted this. I think Springsteen would sue you sooner if he didn't find it offensive or insulting to call this a song. He also probably doesn't want to bring you more attention. You're just like Trump in one way, though. No shame. You completely copied Springsteen because you have no talent. (laughs) And I could go on and on. There's a bunch of them. So what do you think about the MAGA brand new official theme song? Oh, you haven't heard it yet? Okay, we can handle that.
Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, and my fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. From the land of the free and the brave, USA, I love my country, they can't take that away. Against all odds, he made fortune and fame. That's the official anthem of MAGA for 2024. Trump saved the USA for Giotto Blow. And I know you patted your foot when you heard that. And yes, it does sound part of it at least like a Bruce Springsteen song. But so that's just the way it is. Now, if you want a copy of it, guess where you can get one? Right here. Send me an email. That's all you got to do if you want it. And just say in it, Trump saved the USA. And I'll turn your email right around and send you that copy in MP3 format. Why? Because I'm that kind of guy. That's just the way we roll at TNN Live. Listen, if we can't get lighthearted every once in a while and laugh a little bit, we're going to go nuts over the next couple of years. Maybe we're already nuts and we just don't know it. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, the insanity just keeps rolling right along. Have you noticed? We don't have any problem at our southern border. Border Patrol, everybody's got it under control. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he's got his minions out there, and they've stopped the illegals from coming in. Well, no, they haven't stopped it. In fact, they're steady. Ever since Title 42 expired a month and a half ago, they keep coming in in droves every day. And guess who's coming in the midst of them? You know what I'm going to say. Border Patrol has arrested 127 illegal migrants who are on the terrorist watch list. 127. Now, that's just between October last year and May 1st this year. That's a 30% increase from all of the previous year. Borden agents captured 27 migrants in one month, April, alone, when the Trump-era expulsion order known as Title 42 ended, whose names were on the terrorist watch list. That's according to the data which Customs and Border Patrol updated on Tuesday. Border Patrol encountered three migrants whose names appeared on the watch list in a whole year, fiscal year 2019. Three in fiscal year 2020, 15 in 2021, and 98 in fiscal year 2022. And since, so three months, 127 illegals on the terrorist watch list have already been stopped at the southern border. Encounters of watch-listed individuals at our borders 
or very uncommon, underscoring the critical work CBP agents and officers carry out every day on the front lines. DHS works tirelessly to secure our borders through a combination of highly trained personnel, ground and aerial monitoring systems, and robust intelligence and information sharing networks. That's according to Customs and Border Patrol on its website. Out of those 127 folks on the watch list nabbed by Border Patrol, 125 were arrested at the southern border with Mexico. Border Patrol captured a couple of others at our northern border with Canada. In fiscal year 2022, the number of illegals considered to be of special interest to authorities because of their countries of origin posing potential risks and our national security, that number increased by 600%. So what number would that be? Listen to this. Swallow whatever you have in your mouth. 25,627. Those are ones that came in that we caught, we knew about. 25,627, and they are classified as special interest people because of their countries of origin posing potential risk to our national security. Anybody that doesn't think that serious threats to this country are sneaking in right now as naive. That's from former Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott. He told Daily Caller that at the time of the special interest migrant apprehensions. 25,627. Imagine if you live somewhere along the southern border of Texas or New Mexico or Arizona or California. If you just live there. In South Texas, I know a lot of those people are ranchers. They've been living there for their entire lives. Many of them are third and fourth generation Texans. And every day now, they have to worry about and protect their ranches from these illegal immigrants, illegal aliens that are flooding across our southern border that get through. They don't come through the governor, uh, through the border at these official places they're supposed to go, port of entry. Those are the legal ways to get in. We don't have any clue on how many there really are that are getting over here every day. We just don't. And I don't know if we'll ever get our hands around it. It's just going to keep happening over and over and over. There's only one way to stop it. Whoever's in the White House has got to say, enough is enough. Stop it. Stop it. And begin to do what any president of the United States swears before they take the job, the moment before they take the job. They put a hand, one hand on a Bible, the other in the air, and they swear an oath to protect and defend the Constitution and enforce the laws of the United States of America. That's what Joe Biden, he took an oath to do. And every time one illegal steps across our southern border, he is guilty of suborning illegal immigration, which is a federal crime. And he's living the life of luxury that you and I are paying for. And because of who he is, not because of who he is, but because of his title 
in this position in the government. His son gets away with multiple felony con, uh, conviction, not convictions, felony violations. For two years, he didn't pay his income tax. And we know it's at least hundreds of thousands because he was making at Burisma Holdings during this time, he was making $1 million a year. That was just one place his source of funds was coming from. A poll that was taken three days ago shows that 83% of voters, 83%, they say the FBI should make Biden bribery file public. 83% of voters think the FBI should make all of that information. It's informant file. The one that alleges Biden accepted a $5 million bribe from Ukrainian oligarch Mykola Shalevsky, the founder of Burisma Holdings. Now, this is coming from a Harvard-Harris poll. These are, if they're slanted at any political direction, they're slanted toward the Democrat side. 83% believe the FBI should just throw all of that file open to the American people. The poll also asked, do you think the FBI report from an informant alleging Biden took a $5 million bribe while he was vice president should be made public or kept secret by the FBI? 83% said the FBI should make the file public. Only 17% say it should be kept secret. So how does that broken down? 74% of Democrats, 82% of independents, and 92% of Republicans say the file should be public. 74% of Democrats and 82% of independents. Of course, 92% of Republicans, that's not a shocker at all. And they ask another question. Do you think the FBI is fully investigating corruption allegations against Joe Biden Or is the FBI not really investigating them? Only 45% of voters, only 45% of voters said the FBI is fully investigating these allegations. A majority said the Bureau is not really investigating. Now think about those numbers. Only 45% say, yeah, they're doing the job. More than half say the Bureau is not really even investigating. In other words, they think that the FBI is going to give the Biden family syndicate a free ride, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, they sampled 2,100 registered voters. The margin of error was not provided, but it's less than 3%. On Sunday... House Oversight Chairman James Comer, he said Mark Levin is who he talked to when he said that Republicans got to stick together to take action against the FBI. And Comer often characterizes the FBI as stonewalling his probe into the Biden family. We got to stick together to defund this FBI building, Comer said. He's talking about what the FBI has put in their budget proposal that is now before the House. And I forget what the number is, but it's it's well over a billion dollars, the building that the FBI wants, and obviously they want that money to go ahead and do it. We cannot reward the FBI with a new state-of-the-art building that is bigger than the Pentagon. 
this agency needs to be reformed. We'll have to reform it, the FBI, through the power of the purse. What's this all about? Well, the FBI provided Congress with an informant document that alleged Joe Biden accepted $5 million from Zlochevsky earlier this month. According to Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, that document said Zlochevsky also kept 17 audio recordings of his conversations with both Joe and Hunter Biden and he did so as an insurance policy. I can I can believe he would do that. If it was me, I would do the same thing. A couple of reasons. Number one, he knows the Bidens aren't honest. <laughs> and so he knows they may come back after him and he needs something that he can pull out of his pocket and say, wait a minute, listen to this. I've got this. Most places call that blackmail. And you can bet that oligarch made it known to Joe, hey, anything you're tempted to do down the way that looks negative to me, don't forget, I have these recordings. Comer thinks the FBI took little or no action at all on the information this informant gave to the FBI. The stonewalling triggered Comer to issue two more bank subpoenas last week, also a demand for Devin Archer to testify. Devin Archer, I don't know if you remember, He's one of uh, Hunter Biden's former family associates and Hunter Biden's best friend in business, Devin Archer. His name has popped up a few times. I'm not sure why they've never called him in and had a conversation. But you put that in the context of what we're talking about, what we now know is the FBI is in the tank for the Biden family. You can understand why it would take so long. We're, we're, we're busy. You know, the J. Edgar Hoover building in D.C., it, you know, it's just hard for us to get things done. It's not big enough. We don't have the right technology here. And by the way, we can't talk to you about Hunter Biden about anything because there's always an ongoing investigation and we can't comment. That's their fallback on everything they're asked when they come before a congressional committee, House or Senate. So, did you hear about, we covered it here, I'm sure you did, that uh, highway collapse in Philadelphia last week. It was a horror show. I saw some of the video that somebody shot, and I don't know how they could get to a point and get it done so quickly where you could actually see part of this highway collapsing when that big fire hit, but it did. So now what are they going to do? Downtown Philly. Think about that. Downtown Philadelphia. If you know anything about it, you fly into Philly, you land way out southwest of town. And if you're going to go downtown, it takes you 30 minutes if there's no traffic. You leave the airport and you drive across where the um, the port is. All kinds, you see all kinds of typical things that you see at a seaport. And as you do that, you go by the NBA team's arena, you go by the Pittsburgh NFL team, Pittsburgh, what are they, and not Pittsburgh, Philly, Philadelphia, you go by the their football stadium, you go by their baseball stadium, and you get to downtown. It's a huge highway. And so we've got this $1 trillion in infrastructure bill, one trillion dollars 
that Republicans, they weighed in and supported their counterparts across the aisle, and it was passed, a trillion dollars on infrastructure being spent around the nation. How does that weigh in on this train wreck, literally not a train wreck, but this highway collapse in Philly? One of the most lasting images from last month, from this month, actually, June, is that of the utter devastation that this tanker truck fire on I-95 in Philadelphia. I mean, it's, it's a mind-boggling picture because the fire collapsed the northbound side of a bridge on I-95 near Philly, compromised the integrity of the southbound side that is also no longer suitable to even have anybody drive on it. Public officials are scrambling to estimate the cost and come up with a timeline for repair while travelers are scrambling to find alternatives to this this very key stretch of the nation's longest north to south highway. We're talking about I-95. It goes all the way down to South Florida. I've been on it. You probably have too numerous times. And that part of Philly is just shut down. So while this fire did expose weaknesses in the the I-95 Foundation, it also brought to light some pretty shameful and longstanding public policy failures in the United States. So despite infrastructure being talked about every day, it's a conversation somewhere on Capitol Hill. It's often used as a Trojan horse to advance other priorities. And this neglect has led to highways, bridges, tunnels across the nation severely lacking in structural integrity. Late in 2021, federal lawmakers passed the much-vaunted infrastructure bill into law. The bill totaled over a trillion dollars in investment. And I hate that term when we talk about government spending. Investment is when you have money that's your own and you choose where to put it. You invest it there. That's our money they're talking about, that over $1 trillion, every diamond that comes from you and I. We don't have a say-so. <laughs> we don't know where they're going to quote-unquote invest it. I call it spending. Now listen to this. Traditional infrastructure, you know, the regular normal stuff, only got, $127 billion of the $1 trillion plus in this bill. A little over 10% of the bill's total funding. This happened despite President Biden claiming that the passage of the bill meant America's moving again and was in response to countless speeches and promises across the nation, white papers from the experts, about our need to improve our roads, our bridges, and other forms of infrastructure. Now, what else was in the bill? Well, you can bet it did include $15 billion for electric vehicle subsidies. This came on top of the billions in tax credits and subsidies that the electric vehicle EV industry already gets from the government. $15 billion a year. EVs have not sufficiently caught up in the market and are not being purchased at expected rates. They're too darn expensive. Further, more uptake in the future threatens the sustainability of our electrical grid. Despite all this, billions, 
billions with a B, went to electric vehicles instead of highways. The bill, it includes something else, $85 billion to get the government more involved in areas better left to the private sector. Like this, $20 billion of that total was dedicated for the Department of Energy to invest, there's that I word again I hate, in energy startups largely at its own discretion. Hey, I like that concept and idea. Here's a million five hundred thousand dollars for you. Go show us what you can do. And by the way, Department of Energy failed in an exact venture in the recent past. When you're going to do this kind of stuff, don't try to do it with government spending and letting the government oversee it. Sub it out. Get it in the private sector. That's where people know how to function and function well in the business part of the spending operation. Another $65 billion went toward building high-speed internet and let the government get involved in a traditionally private enterprise. Last week, the FCC, that's the agency that controls all of our broadcast stuff, they demonstrated the folly of this thing by publishing three maps that show how comprehensively Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile cover the nation with high-speed internet. But we're spending $65 billion toward building high-speed internet. Why don't we just call the guys at Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile and ask them how much they can do it for? How much less than $65 billion do you think it would be? It'd be a whole lot less. Why? Because it's the private sector instead of the government. With all of the cronyism and expansion of government power, Congress could have saved the taxpayers billions or doubled their investment in traditional infrastructure. That would have gone towards stopping tragedies like the recent one on I-95 in Philly. But they chose to feed political pet projects and, of course, partisan agenda items instead. That's Washington, D.C. That's the excuse I hear all the time. And he's a good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Congressman Mike Johnson. He said that quite a bit. Well, you know, the government's going to feed political pet projects. I get it, Congressman. But they don't have to do that, and we the people need to stop them from doing that. Other federal policy has also exacerbated traffic congestion. On I-95's Northeast Corridor, deprived motorists of alternate routes. The Jones Act, one of America's most nefarious laws, it restricts domestic water commerce to ships that are built, registered, and owned in the United States. This creates very few options for travel between American ports. Why is that? Most ships are built somewhere, not the United States. Figure that out. In February this year, the Cato Institute, they did a study analyzing the Jones Act's impact on northeastern U.S. traffic. They found the region to be home of six of the ten most congested roads in America, two of the five most congested cities in the world. That would be Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. 
A large part of this is because of the sheer volume of truckers moving freight on these northeastern highways. And as any motorist knows, driving more slowly than the average highway traveler. (laughs) At least they tell us they're doing that. How many times have an 18-wheeler blown by you on the interstate? How fast do they go? They'll go as fast as their vehicle will go on an interstate highway. You can book it. Shipping between American ports would be more efficient because ships can carry more in single trips. It would also be more environmentally friendly given the emission savings that would emerge from the resulting efficiency. However, protectionist and maritime shipping unions have stopped this law from being taken off the books for more than 100 years. We are now seeing cost more clearly. It, cost, has strained the highways and left many without alternatives when a disaster occurs, like happened in Philly. Here we are a week, two weeks later after this collapse. They don't have a plan. They haven't fixed that, come up with a way to get around it. They're still thinking about it. And they're at the drawing board, we're told. And there's no doubt about it. The tanker truck there, it was certainly a freak accident. But there were a number of ways policymakers could have mitigated the fallout from an incident like that. They could have dedicated infrastructure bills to traditional infrastructure. They could have empowered America's industry to develop viable contingencies. You know, the just-in-case-this-happened Put a plan like that, especially when you're talking about our main highways, which I-95 is the most main interstate highway in the nation. Special interests have prevented both from happening. In the months ahead, it'll surely take to repair this section of I-95. Lawmakers should reflect on these mistakes and move to get them fixed. You know that age-old saying that I tell you all the time here, and we've got some friends that are faithful listeners to the show, and whenever we're together with her, she'll start saying what I say all the time. You got to change something. You won't change. You don't like the way things are happening at your house. Nothing changes if nothing changes. The only way to change things is to change things. And if you want big change to happen, always it's mandatory for little changes to be implemented to then make the big thing change. Think about that during this break. With Ford Pass, rewards are just a tap away. Whether it's using rewards points toward things like complimentary maintenance or for vehicle accessories. And with Ford Pass, a tap can also get you 24-7 roadside assistance. And lock your vehicle. Only Ford Pass puts all this in the palm of your hand. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but... When something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? 
Most likely, no. That's why I have Car Shield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. Car Shield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and Car Shield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit CarShield.com. Use the promo code IHEART to save 10%. That's CarShield.com, promo code IHEART. Deductible may apply. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize... Your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. You know, for a long time on this show, we had a practice of pretty much every day, we would have some soundbite come from the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. We haven't done that of late. I was asked the other day, hey, listen, you're not, we're not hearing Corinne Jean-Pierre much on your show. Used to do it every day. Yeah, I did. But I stopped doing it because most of the stuff we hear from her is not true, factually inaccurate, usually incomplete if it has any facts in it at all. So she dropped another bomb on us yesterday. She made this claim. She said the 1994 to the 2004 federal assault weapons ban that had lowered gun violence while she was talking from Air Force One on Monday. Well, guess what? It's not true. The Department of Justice's National Institute of Justice issued a report stating that any impact the ban had, if any, on crime, it was only negligible. Jean-Pierre said this. I'm going to quote her. I'm not going to let you hear. I'm not going to play the soundbite. You've heard the president say this, she said, and I'll just repeat what he said. When he was able to get this done back in the 90s, to ban assault weapons, you saw it have an effect on lowering violence in that first 10 years. On February 19th, 2018, Breitbart News referenced the National Institutes of Justice study, which was written just as the federal assault weapons ban was ending. In 2004, the Washington Times quoted University of Pennsylvania professor, a guy named Christopher Coper, who was an author of the NIJ report. uh, He said, we can't clearly credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drop in gun violence. And indeed, there has been no discernible reduction in the lethality and injuriousness of gun violence. The authors of that report, observed that the ban's effects on gun violence, they're likely to be small at best, perhaps too small even for reliable measurement. 
They further explained that the assault weapons ban was not impactful because assault weapons are not the firearms of choice for day-to-day criminals. And then, October 10, 2022, Breitbart News again. They reported numbers showing that over two times as many people were stabbed to death with knives and cutting instruments than were shot and killed with rifles of any kind. Two times more likely to buy by being stabbed to death with knives and cutting instruments than were shot and killed with any type of rifle. And on January 18, 2013, it was reported that assault weapons were tied to less than 0.012% of U.S. deaths in the previous year, 2011. Now, if you're new here, let me give you a quick lesson about assault weapons. When you hear anybody in government, if you're not even in government, but you talk about assault weapons and you're a Democrat, here's what you mean. You mean an AR-15 or an AK-47. The difference between an AR-15 and the AK-47 is the AR-15 is made in the U.S. The AK-47 is a Russian semi-automatic rifle. Now, what's the difference between semi-automatic and automatic? On a semi-automatic weapon, doesn't have to be a rifle, can be a handgun as well. In fact, there are more semi-automatic handguns in the nation that are owned by individuals than any other type of gun. So in any semi-automatic weapon, here's how it works. You put bullets in a magazine. Each of them hold multiple magazines or multiple bullets and they're in you can call it a clip but that pops into the bottom of the gun and when the shooter is ready to shoot the gun he'll pull the trigger one time doesn't matter if he holds on to it or lets it go it's going to fire one bullet that's it So what's automatic in any way about that? Well, in semi-automatic, when the shooter lets the trigger go, another shell will be automatically moved out of the magazine up into the barrel of the gun, ready to fire a second time. The shooter has to pull the trigger again. That's semi-automatic. What's the difference between that and a fully automatic weapon? The most often uh, comparison that's used is a machine gun. And you see them on the old shows all the time. Uh, They're not in general population in any way. American citizens can own real automatic weapons like machine guns. But to do so, you've got to go through an exhaustive background investigation It usually takes several years to get approved, and it's very expensive to go through that application process and then get, after you clear everything, then get permission to own a fully automatic weapon. Now, what's the difference between an AR-15? That's the one I told you. It's the number one automatic rifle that's sold in the United States. What's the difference between that if it's not a weapon of war, if it's not an assault weapon, which is not AR-15, AK-47, are not assault weapons in any way. They're just the same in operation 
as a semi-automatic handgun. What's the difference between them and the automatic weapon that we see used in the military where they pull the trigger and hold the trigger and then bam, 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 real fast? The fully automatic weapon, it automatically, when a, sh- a shell is in the, ma- in the chamber and is shot, you don't have to let go of the trigger and so it can put another shell up there. It automatically puts it up there and you can just hold the trigger and fire as long as you want to hold the trigger. An M4, that's what it's called in the U.S. military. It looks, in most cases, just like an AR-15, but it it is a fully automatic weapon. And yes, fully automatic weapons are dangerous for a lot of reasons. And criminals that want guns and use guns, they love fully automatic weapons. Why? Because you can do a lot of damage with them. So don't denigrate. There's no big deal about a real automatic weapon. Everybody ought to be able to get one. Don't ever say that or think that because so much more can happen and happen quickly. But these people like Corrine Jean-Pierre, like Joe Biden, like pretty much all the Democrats in leadership, they go nuts and they want total gun control in the United States of America. They believe that the federal government can just mandate you can't own a gun. And bam, everybody's going to rush to your local courthouse, federal courthouse, and just throw your guns on the front lawn. You're going to give them up. Do you think that would ever happen in this nation? We don't even know how many guns are owned in America. We know the number of those that have gone through the purchase process, the federal application that must be filled out, and whoever you're buying the gun from, a store typically, they're going to send that quickly, that application up to the ATF. That's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. They're the ones that do a quick background investigation to make sure you're qualified and therefore eligible to own a gun. They think they're going to take guns away from those people. I'm not going to tell you on air how many guns I own, but I'm a gun owner and I'm happy to be a gun owner and I'm a safe gun owner. I'm very, very conscious of safety using guns. In fact, I had an almost incident last night during the middle of the night at my home. There was a bang, bang, bang somewhere on the outside of our house at like two o'clock this morning. It immediately woke me up and it shocked me and I heard it clearly. It was like, bam, 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 three times like that. So I keep a gun at my bedside. I got out of bed, I picked up my gun, I walked out of the bedroom up a hallway, and I turned on the light looking out on our patio, and I really thought I was going to see somebody standing there. Thankfully, thank God, there was nobody there. Don't have any idea what did the bang, bang, bang. It is possible that somebody was in the backyard, did that, and took off, and I didn't see him. But what would have happened if there was somebody there and when that person saw me and was armed, I'm, I'm standing at a double glass door looking out on a patio. 
And that person just turned that gun around and pointed it right at my head through the glass door. What would have happened? I would have had no defense. People, Democrats, leftists, they don't think that kind of stuff happens. And you know what? People that are using their Second Amendment rights and incidents like I just described happen. They happen frequently across the nation. Guess who doesn't report those incidents? The mainstream media. It doesn't fit the narrative. They hate guns. They want everybody to have their gun either taken from them or for them to turn them into the government. And they tell us, why would we want to do that? Because if we take away the guns, there won't be any shootings. There won't be any mass shootings. No, there will still be. Because we'll never eliminate gun ownership. People that kill people, people that go out and commit these crimes every weekend in Chicago, do you think those people go to the gun store to buy those guns? No. They're illegal guns. They buy them out of the back of trunks of cars. They get them from arms traffickers, which they traffic weapons all over our nation and every nation on the planet pretty much. If you want to buy a gun and you can't pass the federal app that uh, Hunter Biden, the way he passed it was he lied on it. And, of course, he got off scot-free. It's a felony for what he did, but he's not going to pay the price. So how do you get a gun? Well, you can do what Biden did. He got somebody else to step in and buy it for him. Hmm. Or you can just buy an illegal gun from someone who broke into somebody's house somewhere and stole a bunch of guns, or they're gun traffickers, and you can buy a gun from them that way. You can take all the guns away from lawful Americans, people that have them legally, like me. I do have several guns, but doing so will not stop gun crime. It's just not going to happen. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But lawlessness, it's going to happen in every society. The difference is, who's going to enforce the laws when those people break those gun laws? Do we ever hear what type of gun it was that killed people in Chicago or shot 14, 12, 22 of them, four died? Do we ever hear what kind of gun was used? We never do. And we are never told. Was that gun purchased legally or did the user of that gun in that shooting, did they have it illegally or was it stolen? We never hear about that. But I guarantee if they would start reporting those numbers, we would see and the American people could clamor for law enforcement to make sure that nobody has Guns, stolen guns, are guns that are purchased illegally in their possession. Unless that happens, which I don't see it happening anytime soon, but unless it would happen, we're still going to have gun crimes. It's still going to be rampant. And oh, by the way, people are still going to be killed with knives and hatchets. 
You don't have any idea how many people die every year from stabbing deaths, but it's monumental, the number. That's taking the guns away wouldn't stop that. People are going to be people, and people break laws. That's just the way societies around the globe are structured, and that's the way they operate. For over 75 years, people have saved money with... with Sorry. Here we go, from the top, and action. For over 75 years, people have saved money with Gecko. Cut it. What? What did I say? Gecko. I said Gecko. Oh. For over 75 years... (laughs) Keep it together. I'm good, I'm good. For over 75... (laughs) What are you doing there? Stop making me laugh. Gecko. Saving people money for over 75 years. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. It's movie season. We count down your favorite movie classics, including When Harry Met the Bathroom, Close Encounters of the Third Bathroom, A River Runs Through the Bathroom. For someone suffering with sucrose intolerance, a favorite movie often ends in the bathroom. If you're experiencing chronic diarrhea, gas, stomach pain, and bloating, remember, sucrose intolerance, or CSID, can be diagnosed by your doctor with the aid of a sucrose breath test. Visit sucroseintolerance.com. Hello? Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah, uh, the instructions say... What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. (laughs) Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to getsomenuts.tv for more Snickers man coaching. Enrique Santos for Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. Did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did. But now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The $5 toasted cheddar chalupa box, only at Taco Bell. You know, I don't say this enough, but we post stories. We have guest writers. We write them in-house at truthnewsnet.org. Every day we have stories up. Of course, our bullet point offering every Saturday where we recap the top 10 to 15 stories of every week. But you need to check it out, truthnewsnet.org. And if you want to make sure you never miss a story, especially an important one, You can subscribe on the front page. Now, subscription, it only means that you'll get an email with a link to every story one time a day as they are published. And then all you have to do is just click on the link and go to that story and you never miss anything. That's a wrap. Boy, what a great day. And we're going to end the day with my favorite artist, Michael, Michael McDonald. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.
Then why even try? 